on this episode of Jeff Does Vegas. It wasn't really my idea, but I originally was working at like just like a little restaurant and I, I hated it. It just wasn't good. And, you know, I was broke and I didn't have any money. And my friend was like, hey, like, why don't you just dance with me? And she was working with me at that time at the restaurant. And I was like, I don't know if I can be in a two piece and I can't even walk in high heels and I'm skinny and like I have no tits. Like, I don't know how to dance. Like, you know, like, I just don't know. I don't know if I can do it. She's like, just try it out. Like, I'll go with you and, you know, I'll show you how to do it. And so I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it, you know? Las Vegas. It's more than just a city. It's a feeling. It's that feeling of excitement when you spot the lights of the strip out the airplane window. It's that feeling of awe as you stroll down the boulevard, taking in the sights and sounds. And it's that feeling of satisfaction knowing that you're in the greatest city in the world. Over 42 million people from around the world share that feeling every year. And I'm one of them. Taking you to the world-famous Vegas Strip and beyond, my name is Jeff, and this is Jeff Does Vegas. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 115 of Jeff Does Vegas. Just before we get into this episode of the show, I want to thank my guest from the last episode, Heather Ferris of Vegas Aces. Heather joined me to talk about the process behind inventing and releasing a new table game. We discussed what makes for a good game, how to get your idea in front of casino execs, and the challenges associated with getting a new game onto the casino floor. If you haven't listened as of yet, hop into the archives at jeffdoesvegas.com or search out episode number 114, Big Ideas, Inventing a New Table Game, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here we go. On to the show. According to a recent report, strip clubs in the United States, or gentlemen's clubs as they're often called, are forecasted to pull in roughly $7.5 billion in revenue in 2022. In Las Vegas, the city of sin, there are over 20 different clubs for visitors to patronize. And often, visiting a strip club in Las Vegas is a person's first experience with this type of establishment. If you've never been to a strip club, chances are you've got questions. And my guest for this episode of the podcast is the perfect person to answer them. Her name is Kayla, and she's currently a dancer at a gentleman's club in Las Vegas. I reached out to Kayla after finding her on TikTok to see if she'd be interested in coming on the podcast, and she was all for it. We discussed what got her into the industry, what her daily work routine is like, how she unwinds after a night at work, and we busted some of the myths and misconceptions about people working in her industry. Kayla was also kind enough to share a few thoughts on strip club etiquette for anyone planning on visiting a club in Las Vegas. We talked wardrobe, tipping behavior, and much more. Please enjoy my conversation with Kayla. I have been dancing since I was 20. I want to say about like six, seven years, but I honestly want to say like four years because I would take like a year off and then like I'll have a job or like and then I'll you know go back to dancing and then like I went to school so I want to say like four years honestly <laughs> so what was it that made you want to become involved in the industry why did you make the decision to become a dancer um well it wasn't really my idea but I originally was working at like some 
boba restaurant, you know, just, you know, just like a little restaurant. And I, I hated it. It just wasn't good. And, you know, I was broke and I didn't have any money. And my friend was like, hey, like, why don't you just dance with me? And she was working with me at that time at the restaurant. And I was like, I don't know if I can be in a two piece and I can't even walk in high heels and I'm skinny and like, I have no tits. Like, I don't know how to dance. Like, you know, like I, I just don't know. I don't know if I can do it. She's like, just try it out. Like, I'll go with you and, you know, I'll show you how to do it and yada, yada, yada. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. You know? So I ended up auditioning and I got it and I worked that, I think I worked like the next night, which was my 20th birthday <laughs> so I got hired the day before my birthday my 20th birthday so yeah I just went in and danced and yeah made money and then just never looked back <laughs> tell me a little bit about the audition process to become a dancer because I've got friends that are uh, involved in various facets of the entertainment industry and I've heard about their audition process um, share your audition experience with me so you do have to call and see like when auditionings are. So um, mostly they're like every single day. Um, they ask you to come in from a certain time. They ask you to bring a two piece and a high heels. So then you just, you know, you go in, you talk to the hiring manager, the house mom is there. And then they make you go on stage for about like three songs. So the first song you do have to take your top off. And at this time when I was young, um, the the younger you are, you know, the club is going to be like fully nude, you know, 18 and up. If you're 21 and up, it's just like, you know, topless. So at the time I was working at a fully nude club, which I hated. I was really uncomfortable doing it, but I got used to it. So the auditioning, I just had to go on stage for three songs. The first song, you know, take off your top. And then I think the second song, take off your bottoms. And then the third song, you know, you kind of just dance around the pole. So I went in as early as possible <laughs> that they told me to come in because I didn't want to catch any customers or anything like that. So, but yeah, that's pretty much the auditioning process. That seems absolutely terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're butt ass naked on stage, like in front of strangers and you've never done it before. Yeah. It's a lot of anxiety. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine. I get changed in the dark, Kayla. <laughs> so, I mean, to have that put on top of me would just be like next level anxiety. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned that you had, it was a, a friend or a coworker that got you involved in dancing initially. Did you find it helpful to have that person able to kind of give you support and, and help you out as you, you made your way into the business? I did. Yeah. It was really comforting, you know, cause I never really thought to dance but when she brought it up, I was like, you know what? Like, it felt good that I wasn't by myself. And it also felt good that there was other girls there that, you know, knew that I was new and they were really sweet and helpful. I mean, of course, you're going to run into girls that are really rude and, you know, talk shit to you and stuff. But, um, but yeah, no, I definitely had the support and I, I felt comfortable. So that dynamic in the dressing room among the girls has got to be. Uh, interesting. And I use the air quotes when I say interesting. Uh, I mean, I've got uh, lots of female friends and I kind of sort of um, hear the drama that's going on in their lives and amongst each other and such. So I can only imagine what it's like in, in that situation, in your situation, in that dressing room. Are there people that kind of help keep things in line and keep people moving forward and try to avoid the drama or, or how, how does that all sort of shake out amongst the ladies? 
I've never really seen anything crazy happen to be quite honest. I mean, I've worked at a bunch of different clubs and yeah, of course, like I've heard girls about to like, you know, get physical and, you know, talking back and forth and, you know, disrespecting each other. But um, yeah, I mean, honestly, they kind of just handle it themselves. Like if they fight, they're going to fight, you know, I don't know what's the outcome of that. I'm assuming you know, management will come in and be like, you guys can't do that. But some clubs I'm assuming that are a little bit different. They're kind of like, you handle it, you do your own or whatever. I, I'm guessing, you know, but I've never really seen anything that crazy. So I can't really say anything much about that. <laughs> so, but I mean, of course, defend yourself, you know, but I've never gone to that point. Thank God. I mean, I've had gone to arguments with girls, but not in like in a physical fight and I've never really started, you know, it's usually them because they're drunk or they're just stupid, you know, but I'm just mind my business and I work and I go home. So in other words, it's, it's like any other job you go in, you do your thing, you leave except butt ass naked. Exactly. Butt ass naked. <laughs> <and heels. laughs> exactly. Uh, you're pretty open about what it is you do. I mean, you're on social media, you are on TikTok making videos about being a dancer and about your job. Um, your family and your friends though, are they aware of what you do? Are they supportive of what you do? What has that experience been like? So of course, when I first started dancing, I kept it like a big secret, you know, like I didn't want anybody to know and I was just embarrassed and because I knew it was like bad and, you know, I'm, I'm Hispanic and my, my parents, my family, you know, were they're really religious. So, you know, a lot of Hispanic families or like cultured, you know, families are very like, they're going to judge you. They're going to, yeah. I mean, at first my dad, like, yeah, he wasn't supportive. He like didn't talk to me for a couple months. And then I told my mom, my mom's always supportive. She's always, you know, been really sweet and understanding of like what I do. And um, my friends didn't, I didn't really tell anybody. I Maybe I told a couple of friends in the beginning and they're like, oh, that's so cool. That's crazy. Like you must make a lot of money and that's so awesome. And, oh, I want to do it. And, you know, they never ended up doing it because it is a scary kind of thing to do it, you know. But, um, but now after all these years dancing, you know, I, I was tired of living like this double life, you know, and I'm just like, you know, I have to, people are going to eventually find out. And I'm tired of living like this Hannah Montana life style is what I used to call it. And, um, you know, I would tell people, Oh, I'm a babysitter or, you know, I would actually have a job to cover up, you know, where all the money would come from. But eventually I ended up just saying like, Hey, I'm a dancer. This is what I do. And, you know, I appreciate you support me. And, and yeah. Let's talk a little bit about life as a dancer and sort of the the day-to-day stuff. I mean, what does a typical workday look like for you? How far ahead of your your shift do you arrive? What do you you do to start prepping for a, a day at work? How fill us in. Let take us behind the curtain if you will and sort of fill us in on on your your typical day if there is such a thing. <laughs> um, I try to wake up as late as possible. So I try to wake up in maybe around like 12 in the afternoon, afternoon or one in the afternoon, you know, I'll wake up, I'll, you know, I'll shower, I'll eat. And then I'll, um, you know, just get ready. It takes me about maybe like, maybe an hour or less to get ready. I like to wear just like very minimal makeup. You know, some days it takes me longer if I want to go all like all out. 
but um, I do have, I'm a night shift. So I do have to be at work before 7 p.m. and after 2 a.m. And um, I don't go out on the floor until maybe like, maybe like 9 or 9.30. Cause when you, you know, I have to be there before 7 p.m. So yeah, you know, I, it's so early. Like no one's really going to be there to be honest with you. Um, but um, I kind of just hang out in the locker room, you know, I'll eat and, you know, kind of like go on TikTok or, you know, make little TikTok videos and just kind of hang out. And, you know, maybe once in a while I'll try and chit chat with the girls, but some of the girls are just not really nice. So I've, you know, avoided to not really talk to anybody. So that's kind of like what I do when I get to work. I don't, you know, actually go out right away. You know, I go in the locker room, I change wait for an hour and a half and then I actually go out and work. And then on the other side of things, how do you unwind after a night at work? Um, I just, you know, I go home, I shower, of course, I eat um, what I call my breakfast because I get home, you know, really, really late. So I get home maybe around like six, seven or 8 a.m. And then, um, yeah, I just eat, I, you know, watch YouTube videos or, you know, Discovery Plus or, you know, just play on my phone. I don't actually go to sleep until maybe like, like 10 in the morning and then I just kind of fall asleep and I wake up super late like maybe like four in the afternoon that day so that's kind of how I unwind I just chill and eat and go to sleep (laughs) working weird hours like this and sort of having strange shift work can can really mess with your body and um and mess with your your routine and and can really have a a negative effect on you do you have any kind of routine that you follow to to stay in shape and and stay healthy um do you have a specific diet that you follow what do you do to sort of maintain your uh your dancer's physique honestly i'm naturally skinny so I don't work out at all. So I can basically eat whatever I want and, you know, not gain weight. So I don't work out. I don't do anything. I used to, but I'm really lazy. And my workout is the club. You know, I'm constantly dancing and dancing and dancing. And, you know, of course, I'm like kind of sweating and, you know, I'm hot. So to me, that's like, oh, I'm working out, you know, I'm sweating. Okay, it's a workout for me. So <laughs> You're naturally skinny and you can eat what you want without gaining any weight. Kayla, you have upset a lot of people by saying that, <laughs> including me. Okay. <laughs> um, are there any particular parts of being a dancer that you really, really love? I mean, it's obviously, it's a very different job and, and every job has its, its positives, but what are some of the parts that you really enjoy? Well, of course, having my own schedule, um, you know, the money, of course, you know, all the things that I can buy, you know, I just have all the time in the world, you know, I can, you know, spend time with my family, you know, um, you know, I feel really, you know, confident and beautiful when I'm on the floor, you know, like I'm, I feel like I like rule the world, you know, in my one piece and my high heels and like everyone's looking at me. So, you know, growing up, I've always been really skinny and funny looking, you know, I had braces and you know, I was really, yeah, just not confident at all you know like we all are you know we're humans but um yeah I think just feeling really confident and feeling like like I'm the best is probably my favorite thing about work for sure 
You know, it's very interesting that you bring up the point about um, confidence and feeling empowered, because I think that there is a, a stigma surrounding certain jobs such as yours or um, even in a, a previous episode, I had a conversation uh, with a, a Las Vegas escort and and there's this stigma that surrounds those types of jobs where they feel like the women are being uh, repressed or controlled or or put down. But everybody that I've spoken to that works in those industries has said, nope, this is the most empowering thing I've ever done. I feel completely in control and I absolutely love what I'm doing. Yeah, it's true. I feel very like, like I used to really care about what people used to think about me back then. But after doing what I do, and seeing everyone, you know, when I started like social media and stuff, putting myself out there, you know, being me, it's like, wow, you know, uh, even people that I meet at work, they're like, that's so crazy that we're customer. That's so crazy that you do this. Like, you know, you're so beautiful and like, you're so like, you don't care. And I wish I can be like that and confident. It's like, wow, like I feel so, so good about myself. You know, it feels really cool, <laughs> I guess, to have that power. So, yeah, it's definitely awesome. Other than the idea that girls are are working in this industry and, and they're being controlled or, or they're being repressed, there's a lot of other myths and misconceptions about people working in, in the industry. So I thought it might be interesting to kind of take an opportunity to sort of bust those myths. And I don't know where those myths come from, if they're from TV or movies or just general beliefs but but there are a lot of other myths for example girls are are poorly educated or uh, they're all addicted to drugs and booze or or that just because a girl is a dancer that means she's also a, a prostitute i mean i'm sure there is some of that in the world but from what i've sort of read and and the people that i've gotten to know that is is not even close to being the case in the majority of cases is it yeah, no, it's definitely not true. A lot of us, you know, we have families, you know, some of us, you know, have a career, we go to school and, you know, we have jobs and, you know, dancing is just like our backup. People automatically think like, oh, she's a prostitute. You know, I had people, you know, like last week when I worked, oh, how much to take you home with me? 2000. And it's like, no, like, is this what you think we are? Like, we're not just a piece of meat you jack off to and that's it, you know? But yeah, no, definitely we definitely have a life, you know, we're human, just like, you know, everybody else. We're normal. It's, we're nothing different just because we dance at night and wear a two piece and high heels and, you know, make all this money doesn't make us any different. You know, like it's no different from your job to my job. We're all still getting the same thing, money. You know, we just do something a little bit differently, which is dance, but it's nothing you know, crazy, nothing different in my opinion. I'm so used to doing this for so many years. So to me, it's, it's normal, you know? So when I tell people, this is what I do, they get so surprised until this day, I still get kind of surprised. Like, Oh, I guess my job is really not normal. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they judge a lot till this day, you know, on social media. So that's kind of like, eh, it is what it is. You know, I'm proud, I guess, of being a dancer. So yeah, I mean, I guess after a certain amount of time of doing a job that maybe isn't a, a quote unquote normal job, you kind of forget that you you don't have a quote unquote normal job. I mean, I worked in radio for for many, many years and and 
when people would find out, Hey, you work on the radio. That's so cool. What's it like being on the radio? And, and I would kind of be like, well, I, I don't know. What's it like being an accountant? Like, it's just, it's a job, but you kind of forget that it's not a, as I say, a quote unquote, regular job. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. What are some of the things that people might find surprising about working in the industry? And, and I don't necessarily mean the onstage part of things, but I mean like the behind the scenes stuff. I know when I was um, doing a little bit of research into this topic, which by the way, is a really fun Google history to have to try to explain to your wife. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I learned you guys are essentially independent contractors. So you've got kind of all of the weird, boring business stuff that goes along with being an independent contractor. I think people just kind of think, you know, you guys go to the club, you show up, you uh, take off your clothes, guys make it rain and you go home rich and uh, voila. But that's really not the case at all, is it? Yeah. So like exactly what you said, like people think like, oh, you just audition and you pay your house fee and that's pretty much it. Like, no, there's, it's an investment when you dance, you know, you you have to get your business license, which is $200. You have to get your sheriff's card, which is $100. You have to get your TAM card, which is like $20, $25. And then you have to pay your house fee, which every club is different. You know, like I pay $100. Some of the clubs are $150. And especially if you don't want to go on stage, you know, I don't like to go on stage. So I do have to pay a fee for that as well. But um, but yeah, it's, it's an investment for sure if you do want to dance. But in the end, if you see the bigger picture, you know, you make all that money back. But, you know, you have to work and you have to learn how to talk to people. It's not like I'm going to wear this sexy outfit and this pretty makeup and these cute shoes and people are just going to give me money because I'm a dancer. Like, no, you, you're working for yourself. You know, you, you, no one's helping you. You have to go out there and talk to people, convince them, you know, get them drunk and then, you know, that's basically what you have to do. It's how you make money every night. And of course, there's some nights where you don't make money. You know, I've had nights where I've literally paid a hundred dollars house fee and then I made zero in like probably 10 or eight hours. I was so, so sad. But of course, there's some great nights. You know, I've, the most I've made was like 5,000 something in a couple hours. So it's like a hit or miss. You know, some nights you make 200, some nights you make 600, some nights you make you make 10 grand, you know, it's, it's a really hit or miss. And then in addition to all those costs and fees that you guys are paying, like you say, the business license and the sheriff's card and um, paying the house fee. And, and of course you guys, you pay, you pay taxes as well on the money that you earn. You have all the other expenses of, of being a performer in that I'm assuming you are paying for your outfits and things like hair and makeup and nails and all of that kind of stuff. And, and I mean, that stuff would add up too, right? Definitely adds up. Yeah. I mean, I just buy what the cool thing about dancing is, um, I don't know how it is in every other state, but at least in Nevada, if you bring in your sheriff's card to a love store or, you know, what people may know it as like a sex store, we get 25% off everything. So yeah, it is really expensive buying clothes and shoes because it's not, it's not cheap, you know? So, um, but you know, you know, you want to look good. You know, you want to look good and that's how, you know, you'll mix money too. So it is, it can get expensive for sure. But I'm lucky because, you know, I, I'm a makeup artist, so I don't really have to buy any makeup because 
um, what you call an influencer. So I have a lot of makeup. So I'm really grateful that I don't have to spend money on that. But, um, you know, I have so many outfits, you know, so I don't really go shopping as much. Maybe I'll go like once every like maybe like six months, you know, because I have so many outfits. So I don't really spend that much money on clothes like I used to. Right, right. Um, what have you learned from being a dancer? I mean, what have you learned about yourself? Has has doing this job taught you anything, any important life lessons, any important skills? What, what have you kind of uh, taken away from, from your time working in the industry? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> I mean, of course, I learned a lot about myself. You know, I learned that I can be independent. You know, I learned that I didn't need anybody. Um, you know, I don't need anyone to help me, like my parents or anything like that. And, you know, of course, a lot of you know, my job is there's a lot of consequences to it because people are going to talk and whatever, you know, but, you know, I just learned that I, I can be independent and I can do what I want and I don't need anyone's support. You know, like I went to school and I didn't think that I would ever go back to school, you know, cause I tried to get financial aid cause I wanted to go back to school, but yeah, I guess I was making too much money and I didn't get approved for it, which was like COVID time. So I was like, you know what? Like, I need to do something with my life because I'm not doing anything. And I decided to just save up money and paid off my school before I even started, finished. I'm now an esthetician. So I learned that, you know, there's so much that I could do. And, you know, I wasn't really, I didn't really believe in myself. I didn't think I was, I didn't know what I wanted to do, honestly. I mean, I did have a love for makeup and like, you know, aesthetics and stuff like that. So I learned that I can... (laughs) do more than just dancing you know what i mean so up next kayla takes us inside the gentleman's club and shares some pointers for first timers to ensure you have a good visit and we talk about proper club etiquette that's coming up on jeff does vegas so now that we've had these deep discussions kayla and we've learned all about you I wanted to have a conversation with you about gentlemen's club etiquette. Going to the club is a big part of the Vegas experience for a lot of people. And there's a very good possibility that if somebody is going to a club in Vegas, it, it may be their first time. And that first trip to the gentlemen's club can be a little bit intimidating. I mean, there's a lot to know. There's a lot to remember. There's lots of unwritten and written rules about, you know, how to act and how to dress and how to behave. And I thought who better to have that conversation with than somebody that actually works in the club and works with the guests of the club. Uh, Let's start with dress code and how to dress. If you're going to the club, I mean, I know the old saying is uh, the clothes make the man. So is there anything particular that a guy should avoid wearing? Is there anything that a guy should wear? Is there a way for a guy to dress? Uh, let's start there. Well, I think a guy, well, I think um, they should definitely just wear something nice, you know, like a collared shirt or like a nice t-shirt, some jeans. Don't wear shorts. Please don't wear shorts because that just looks so <laughs> weird. Like, I don't know. I don't like guys with shorts <laughs> or like khakis or whatever. Um, definitely wear some nice shoes. Definitely don't go all out. Like if you, if a a dancer sees you like a guy with like a bunch of his friends and they're wearing all this expensive jewelry and expensive shirts and like expensive shoes. And I fucking hate when I see a guy wear like an expensive bag, like a Louis bag, those guys 
will not give you any money. That's like, as soon as a girl sees a guy like that, they're all just like a joke. Like they're all coming in looking like, oh, look at me in my expensive clothes. But they only, they don't even give you any money. They just buy drinks and like try to take you home. And a lot of them, if you dress like that, like they, we will automatically think you're a pimp because we do get a lot of pimps in the club. And it's just really annoying because it's just annoying. You know, like we don't need a pimp for what, like, you know, we're our own pimps, you know, like we do our own thing, you know what I mean? But um, definitely just, you know, look nice, look presentable and don't look too flashy because you're not going to get any girls to go up to you. Let's talk tipping. Vegas is, of course, a a tipping based economy. Uh, Lots of interesting conversations surrounding tipping. And I've actually done complete episodes on tipping etiquette, but we did not get into tipping in the context of the gentleman's club environment. Um, Who are we tipping? Why are we tipping? What are we tipping for? And I guess the big question, Kayla, how much are we tipping? So if a girl goes up to you and she's talking to you, you know, if you're talking to her for a good, like 20, 30 minutes, at least, at least give her or us like 20 to like 50 bucks. And that money is for our time, you know, talking to you, hanging out with you, spending time with you. And um, especially if we go in the VIP, you know, of course, it's going to be a little bit more expensive. Um, For sure, give us 20%. So in the VIP where I work, you know, it's 15 minutes for 100, half an hour for 250, an hour for, you know, a thousand, every girl, every girl charges different, you know, it can, can, it's really different, but whatever, if let's say you go in for half an hour and the girl charges 400, you have to give her at least 20% of that. And you do have to buy like a one or two drink minimum and whatever we make in the VIP, we do have to give 20% of that to the bouncers, which are like a hosts, I guess, who are in the, who are in the front, you know, they take us to the room and everything. So if we don't give them 20% of that, it makes us look bad. It makes us look cheap and they won't want to work with us. So we definitely have to tip them too. So it's always good to at least give us 20%. And if you don't want to dance and if you're not looking for that or whatever, then go sit at the bar. Every guy who sits at the bar, no one really goes up to them because those are the guys that usually just eat and have a drink and then just waste every girl's time and are honestly just disrespectful and eh, really boring and a waste of time, honestly. So at least 20%, at least five bucks if you're that cheap, you know what I mean? So, yeah. (laughs) I know from my own, um, I know from my own limited time spent in a gentleman's club that a lot of the experience involves conversation. And that's, that's generally how the interaction begins. Uh, One of the ladies comes over, has a seat and strikes up a conversation is there anything that a guy shouldn't talk about or shouldn't ask about with a dancer at a club? Don't ask us what our real name is because we're not going to tell you. You know, I always get guys who are like, oh, what's your name? And then I, I tell them my stage name. They're like, oh, is that your real name? How much How much money do you want for your, uh, for your real name? And it's like, you know, don't ask us that question. You know what I mean? Don't ask us stuff about our personal life. As soon as they say, oh, do you have a boyfriend? Or are you married? And it's like, for us, it's scary to tell them if we do, because a lot of them are like, oh, you're married. Oh, you're engaged. Oh, you have a boyfriend. I don't want to be with you. I don't want to talk to you. So definitely don't ask us if we're in a relationship or whatever. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, just 
have a normal conversation with us like you would with any other person and just have fun and just be respectful. You know, it's not hard to be sweet and respectful. And part of the experience of going to the gentleman's club is that you guys are helping to create a, a fantasy for people, right? Yeah. And so you've got the, the, the real world and you've got the, the work world uh, or the fantasy world, if you will, and nary the two shall meet. Yeah, right. Definitely. Um, I mean, of course, we're like a fantasy. You know, a lot of guys that go there, they don't, I don't want to be mean, but a lot of them don't really have game. <laughs> And they probably go there, you know, and I know this because a lot of guys tell me, you know, oh, I don't really talk to girls or like I have anxiety or I get scared. So, you know, I know that I can come here confident knowing that all these pretty girls are going to come talk to me and yada, yada, yada. So we definitely give them that sort of comfort of like, hey, like, it's okay. Like, you know, I don't care if you're ugly or whatever. Like, you know, I'll be your friend. I'll talk to you. Tell me about your life and like what you're going through and you know, I'll show you a good time and we'll have fun. You know, it is all about money, but it's almost like kind of being like a therapist too. Cause like, you know, we get a lot of, you know, kind of like everybody, you know, a lot of, you know, veterans and like a lot of people who've gone through divorces and people who, you know, have kind of gone downhill. So they go there to really find comfort and, you know, talk to us. Cause they know, of course, we're going to talk to them, you know. So we do definitely learn a lot about strangers, you know what I mean? And it's, I can see why they feel comfortable talking to us because they're never going to see us again. You know what I mean? So they know that we're not going to tell their little secret to, you know, whoever they're keeping it from. Something I want to briefly touch on is cell phone etiquette and You'd think that this would just be common sense, but as a a friend of mine that I used to work with used to say, they should call it uncommon sense because so few people actually have it. Um, Way back in the day when I was uh, first started going to gentlemen's clubs and cell phones with cameras were a thing, um, you couldn't take your phone out of your pocket. And if you did, uh, you had a bouncer on you, basically dragging you out and tossing you out of the club. Nowadays, Cell phones are everywhere. Smartphones are everywhere. People are are constantly on their phones. Is this a thing in gentlemen's clubs now, or or are people overall pretty respectful and, and keep the phones put away? Mm, a lot of guys when they first come in, of course, they're like playing on their phone and stuff like that, or doing transactions, you know, because they're using their cards and you know their cards are you know frauding or whatever. But um, it's mostly like they don't really use their phone that much. Some of them do when they're like done, you know, having fun. That's when they'll play on their phone. So the girl sees a guy like on his phone, like the whole time we know like, oh, he's already spent all his money. Like, so we know not to go up to a guy like that. But um, a lot of guys don't really go on their phone, you know, because they're there to see us and they're there to hang out with us and drink and eat and just have a good time. So we don't really have that issue. But um. You know, you're not really supposed to take out your phone in the club. Definitely, you can be recording. You will get kicked out for sure if you're recording. Um, but yeah, some guys do ask like, oh, can we take a picture? Or, oh, can we take a video? And it's like, no, like, you can't do that. You know what I mean? So those are kind of like the yeses and the no's of like, you know, taking out your phone and when not to take out your phone or whatever, you know? It is absolutely mind-blowing to me that, somebody would think it was a good idea 
to whip out their phone and start trying to take video or, or take pictures or ask for, for selfies with the girls. Like, like where are their heads up their ass? Probably <laughs> no kidding. And I mean, honestly, you get into a, a large enough group of people, um, whether it's a, a bachelor party or guys trip or whatever, chances are there's going to be one or two guys there who don't want it known that they are attending a gentleman's club and definitely don't want photos floating around of the event. A hundred percent. Yeah. A lot of guys come in who are like married or have girlfriends. And you know, we, when they tell us they're with the party, we're always like, Oh, does she know you're here? And they're like, Oh no. <laughs> and it's like, okay. So a lot of the guys that come, like they're married and their wives don't know or whatever. I mean, which we don't care, but it's like, it's kind of funny. You know what I mean? So <laughs> What about coming in as a couple? Is that something that happens often? Do you see a lot of uh, husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends coming in together and, and hanging out in the club? The couples are my favorite because those are the ones that actually spend a lot of money. <laughs> so they're the breadwinners for sure when they come. Um, they're really fun. They're really sweet. They're respectful. And I love seeing couples. They're just, they're just so fun to hang out with. And they're so giving, mm-hmm. you know? So when I see a couple, I'm like, all right, I'm going to run to them because I know I'm going to make like two, 300 bucks out of them or whatever, you know? So, and it's always the girls convincing the husbands or the boyfriends, Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Let's go have fun or this and this and this and that. And it's like, okay, cool. You know, it's like, they help us out. And then I'm like, you should be a stripper. <laughs> so <laughs> That's awesome. I know I've been to the club a couple of times with um, uh, friends of mine who have brought their uh, significant others, wives or girlfriends or, or whatever. And um, I know, uh, the dancers do tend to be a lot more attentive to the table, and it, it's a much different experience when you've got a couple of ladies uh, sitting at your table with you. Absolutely. I honestly can say that I've probably made most money with girls, and it's easier to make more money with the girls because girls, you know, they're, they see other girls and they, you know, a lot of girls don't go to strip clubs. So when they go, it's like, oh, shit, I can't fuck it. I'm going to spend all my money here. You know what I mean? Unlike a guy where they're just like, oh, 20 bucks here, 50 bucks here. And it's, yeah, it's just funner with girls too. The um, trip to the Gentleman's Club in Las Vegas is often a group outing, um, whether it's, again, just a group of guys going out for a specific event, like a a bachelor party, or if they're uh, just going out for an evening at the club. Um, Is there such a thing as too big of a group or too small of a group? I mean, is, is going to the club by yourself weird it's not something i would do personally but um is it a common occurrence let's talk about group size honestly it doesn't really matter you know even if a single guy comes like it's it's okay you know we find it like normal because a lot of guys do come by themselves um we have seen like big groups maybe like 15 to 20 guys you know and those people are the ones we kind of want to go to and leech to because when you have that big group you do have to pay for that table and then you know you get like free drinks and like funny money and stuff so we know that they're gonna have money you know what i mean but there's no such thing as like it's this is too big of a group or this is too small of a group you know single guys okay 20 guys is perfectly fine too so one of my recent episodes i had a conversation about how to plan the ultimate guys trip to Las Vegas. And one of the things that came up was the group dynamic and people who 
maybe might be best left at home. And it was people that uh, someone, for example, who maybe just recently split up with his girlfriend and is going to be a real Debbie Downer or um, a person who just doesn't seem like the kind of person that isn't going to go out and have fun. Is there any type of person that that maybe you should be leaving back at the hotel room? Somebody that you're like, you know, we should not have brought Dave. Um, is that is that a thing when it comes to going out to the club? Definitely. If Dave is not looking to spend any money and he doesn't do dances and he feels uncomfortable or like too cool to like, oh, I don't do dances. Definitely don't bring Dave to the club <laughs> leave dave at the hotel you know but um yeah just don't bring your friends who are not looking to have fun or do anything you know what i mean we get a lot of guys that are like oh my friends dragged me here i didn't even want to be here but i didn't want to be by myself at the hotel and it's like i always tell them i'm like why are you here then like why didn't you just stay at the hotel like you know the the club is busy like this chair can be for someone else who's willing to spend the money. So like, if you're not willing to spend like two, 300 bucks, then like why waste your time here? So definitely don't bring a friend who's going to, you know, do all that stuff. So just leave his ass home, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As we'd said a little bit earlier on, you know, a lot of times if people go into Las Vegas, this might be their very first ever experience in going to a gentleman's club and it can be a little bit intimidating. They maybe don't quite know what to expect. They've seen movies and TV shows. So they maybe have this, this idea in their head. And obviously that's, that's maybe a little bit removed from reality. Um, Do you have any tips or tricks for people who are making their first trip to a gentleman's club? Um, Well, when you first, when a guy first in or well for the first timers, you're definitely going to, you know, see, you know, it's going to be really dark. You know, you're going to have a lot of girls going up to you like, hey, baby, do you want to dance or where are you from? Yada, yada, yada. So you're going to have a girl at your lap at least the entire time you're there. You might get annoyed a little bit and you might kind of like it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think it might be a little bit scary <laughs> if it's your first time. But if you're in an open book and you know, you like to have fun and you're, you're just open, then it's, it's not that scary. You know, it's, it's kind of like the movies, you know, it's pretty girls and, you know, the pool and the waitresses, you know, they ask you if you want to drink, if you want to eat and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, just expect a lot of girls to go up to you and at least give them like 20 bucks to, you know, to chat with them. So just don't waste their time. So long story short, then go in with an open mind and uh, be prepared to have a lot of fun and enjoy yourself. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Kayla, this has been an amazing conversation and I've, I've really enjoyed chatting with you and, and getting to know you and getting your insight on the world of gentlemen's clubs. And um, hopefully uh, if anything, if people can pull anything from, from our conversation, it's that if they are planning a, to go to a gentleman's club or thinking about going to a gentleman's club, just, just do it. Go in with the right attitude and be prepared to uh, enjoy yourself and have some fun and meet some interesting people. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And thanks for having me. And again, you know, no one should be scared going to the club. We're not going to eat you alive or anything. You know, we want you guys to have a good time. We want you guys to drink and enjoy yourselves and enjoy the conversations. I mean, you might 
meet your new best friend or, you know, or whatever it is. So you can learn a lot from us. And just like us, we learn a lot from you. So (laughs) thank you, Kayla. Thank you. It was a pleasure being on your podcast. It was fun. If you want to learn more about Kayla and the world of dancing and gentlemen's clubs, you can follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Kayla Cat, spelled K-E-I-L-A-K-A-T-T. Or just follow the links in the show notes at jeffdoesvegas.com. And that wraps up another episode of Jeff Does Vegas. If you've got feedback on this episode of the show, or any other episode for that matter, or you've got suggestions and ideas for topics you'd like me to cover on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to me via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Jeff Does Vegas. Or drop me an email directly at Jeff at JeffDoesVegas.com. In the meantime, thank you so much for checking out the show. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know the moment new episodes are available. And don't forget to visit JeffDoesVegas.com for past episodes and show notes. My name is Jeff, and this has been Jeff Does Vegas, a Walker New Media production. Walker New Media.